the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Last Monday, we were greeted with a very down day type of down day where it leads to other down days. Maybe not that day, maybe a week later, maybe a month later, but basically it set the stage for some volatility to come in. So the volatility is tied towards maybe a little bit of who's going to be president. What's their relationship going to be like with China? What will the Federal Reserve do if the world continues to slow, as it should, when there's a trade war between China and the United States? So it's collateral damage on a lot of levels. We've got below fair value following a turbulent week on Wall Street as far as the markets looked to open lower today, and they did. That should not come as a major surprise. Um, like I said, last week kind of introduced this variable of uh, now that you've checked that 3% kind of bad day, it tends to lead to other bad days. What you don't want is a slow bear market. Let me tra- tell you, it is incredibly annoying to have a market that pulls back two or three points a day for a year, only to be like, oh, we're down 200 or 300 points. You kind of want to get it all over with. Um, with that said, uh, don't read too much into this. 800-516-1220 to get your call on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about money, investing, and more. So there's no big China-U.S. trade relations focal point change, except for we are now paying attention on a weekly basis to their yuan and how it's pegged versus the dollar. So if they lower their yuan and let their yuan be weakened, it would allow them to be do trade easier with other countries because you're getting a discount, per se. The IMF stated after Friday's close that China has not manipulated the yuan as of yet and that it remains broadly in line with economic fundamentals. You might remember that Trump on Monday of last week, or maybe on the weekend, accused China of manipulation. The IMF is saying, nope, that's not the case. So the 10-year Treasury is still in the news. 169, 169. That's in a pretty distressed area. I want to kind of repeat that just for a second. That's in a pretty distressed area, 169. It's telling you that it thinks the economy is going to stink. That you'll be better off in the next 10 years getting 1.69% returns than, say, maybe market returns. That 169 should be about where inflation hits. Hmm. What do you think about those kind of returns? 
Roku's big winner, winner, chicken dinner today. Needham gave it a street high price target of $150 a share. It's currently at 134 They are doing some things pretty well as far as the streaming wars go. Who's going to be the ultimate hardware winner? They're in the game. And by this point in time, with other technology trends, they would have been out of the game. Companies like Palm Pilot didn't stay in the phone game very long. Apple's got some research out on them today. Longbow is a research refer, uh, firm. They're out suggesting Taiwanese suppliers are continuing to see positive growth year over year. So maybe the death of Apple's hardware is a little bit exaggerated. Keep in mind, it's very, very anemic and small. If they didn't do such large buybacks, it would look even smaller and more anemic. They got negative search trend dynamics from Baidu and Google. So, um, let's see. The current analysis is for suppliers. We expect a bumpy quarter given the recent risk of additional tariffs, which have the potential to dampen demand and impair profitability for the second half products later this year. Wow, that's kind of crazy to think about. You know, Apple introduces their new phones typically in September. It's like, whoa, it's August. It's middle of August. Like, my, oh, my, the years do fly by. You with me against me? Got to pick a side. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We do have that um, Friday big seminar event coming up at the Money Show. You can learn more about it by going to kdow.biz, hitting on the Money Show, and or going to newfocusfinancial.com and hitting on the Money Show. Not a lot of ripping stories today. Um, Like I said, some analyst commentary. Um, Apple, you know, not enough to really move the market on its own today. Steve Madden, which is a company that you will always look at differently after seeing the Wolf of Wall Street. They acquired privately held Great Brand. They're a leading digitally native footwear brand specializing in premium sneakers made in Italy. Uh, with a majority of products sold direct to consumer on greats.com as well as in the flagship retail store located in Soho District of New York. That's an interesting acquisition. You think of tech companies and like, what could Apple acquire to make themselves more relevant? Like maybe Netflix, right? You don't think of a shoe company necessarily going out and getting Italian sneakers to compete with like the Microsoft sneakers, right? AMD has kind of been embattled recently. They have kind of an interesting 2020 setting up. They are going to be in the new Xbox. They're going to be in the new PlayStation. And they're still the number two player, for better or for worse, with NVIDIA in the graphic processing world. Um, AMD's price target seen be moved to about 44 bucks. It's currently a $34 stock. They get a lot of business from Google Cloud as well as uh, HP and Dell. Um, there's a Cray announcement in there as well. So there's a lot of good announcements, a lot of good things to come, but the company was overpriced. It's interesting to watch from a distance. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't be shy about getting in touch with me in any way, shape, and or form. Um... Interesting, back to Roku, it's kind of like sometimes you come back to these things. 
you know, Needham said it's a $150 stock. They say relative strategic positions of Roku versus Netflix. Um, Netflix has been under fire recently because Disney Plus is coming out later this year. And a lot of people see the end of the road for Netflix as far as um, launching planes on and off the runway without any traffic. Now there's going to be more traffic. So Roku is Needham's top mid-cap pick for 2019, and they're raising the Roku target to 150 based on they prefer Roku over Netflix. That's kind of a, in the world of streaming, Netflix was the only player. Roku's value proposition to advertisers is growing, that's for sure. The dominant internet aggregator for stream TV and movie content, that's for sure. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Don't be shy. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Money investing and much, much more. CNBC did a nice piece on what's the magical number on retirement. It's $1.7 million. According to this article, according to this time, that number is going to change a little bit, but it's probably going to get bigger as you get older. Keep that in mind. Let's bring in Christine Benz. Christine Benz is going to be at the Money Show. You can find out more by going to kdow.biz and signing up for the Money Show. It is this week. Um, how are you, Miss Benz? Let's see if we can try that again. Christine Benz, the Money Show, San Francisco. Sounds like we're having some technical difficulties, so maybe my producer will let me know when we get that going up and going. to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. The Money Show San Francisco is going to be August 15th through the 17th. It's a lot of focus on stocks, on income, on growth, a lot of face-to-face, a lot of um, preeminent economists of the day, renowned advisors, top-performing money managers. You can find out more about the Money Show San Francisco, August 15th through the 17th at the Hilton San Francisco Union Square Hotel. We hope to see you there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, a little bit of protest in Hong Kong is looming over the weekend. And it kind of bled into the markets on Monday. There's a new report out of CNBC, which you have to take these as very much so, I'm not going to say grains of salt. But Bank of America is raising the chance of a recession to one in three in the next 12 months. So Bank of America sees a greater than 30% chance of recession in the next year based on recent data. They see some uh, economic indicators that are flashing yellow, signaling a coming recession. Economist Ethan Harris says the bright spot of the economy is initial jobless claims remain at very low levels. Recession risk is rising. Uh, The bank's global economist now sees a greater than 30% chance of recession in the next year. Would you change your investment philosophy based on a one in three chance of a recession? 
let's say let's say you're right and there is a recession would you change your investment philosophy my big question for you is why and what would you actually do so they say bank of america says that the probability of recession over the next 12 months is only pegged at 20 percent but because they're throwing some subjective data into it it eventually leads them to a one in three Obviously, the big issue is the uncertainty around the U.S.-China trade war and a global economic slowdown that would happen to come out of it has caused interest rates to tumble. Interest rates are considered to be very smart, so the when 10-year Treasury dumps to 169 or 168, wherever it's at today, it's telling you that something's going to happen. Last month's job report showed a strong consumer, but business investment is low as investors and business owners juggle new tariffs and fiscal policy uncertainty. That's an interesting call. I'm not going to say it's a right call or what have you, because I like the fact that they're trying to get ahead of it, because I I don't think most people do. Um, I would be cautious on the word recession has a very, in my opinion, kind of a... I got to make sure I don't say something that I'm not supposed to say anymore. It might have a kind of negative connotation, the word, the R word. See where I'm kind of playing at with that? The R word. Grown man can't say recession. Like, what's wrong with me? Facebook's in the news today. They're reportedly ditching plans, or they reportedly ditch plans to buy a social networking competitor. They had thought about buying a company called House Party, but abandoned the deal due to fears of greater antitrust concerns. That's the video chat app that I think can tie in 16. Does that sound about right? 16 video streams. So it's like a giant, huge Brady Bunch. I know you're saying Brady Bunch. Remember how the, the show started with a 3 by 3 tic-tac-toe grid? Here's a story about a lovely lady. And it showed her in the middle with her three daughters and story of a man named Brady that showed him with three of his kids so they suddenly covered up eight of the nine squares and you're like, who's going to be the last one? Who's going to be the last one? And it was Alice. So the video chat app isn't going to be Alice in the middle, but it is what it is I suppose, right? Um, Facebook was in advanced discussions with House Party but ended a deal after it became clear that acquiring another social media company would be too risky. House Party allows users to video chat with, oh, 24 people. Uh, it's popular. No, it's multiple users. So it's up to age 20. It's typically popular in 24. Um, it was acquired in June by Fortnite maker Epic Games. Okay, yeah. Facebook's going to be basically on call at this point in time that don't go out and buy new companies. Chick-fil-A in the news. Man, I hate Chick-fil-A. What I hate about Chick-fil-A is not the chicken or the filet or how they spelt filet. You know, chicken isn't considered quality like, you know, a filet steak, right? So they had to put a capital A in it to make it like A plus prime prime and to make the chicken filet stand out. It's a privately held chain and the third largest in the United States by sales. Chick-fil-A is rolling out a new menu item 
Mac and cheese. I hate mac and cheese. I wonder how many people mac and cheese kills in America every day compared to cigarettes, right? I know. We never really talk about that. But it's Chick-fil-A's first permanent side edition since 2016. It rarely changes their menu. And the thing I hate about Chick-fil-A is how much people talk about how they love Chick-fil-A. I'm like, it's just chicken. But a slimmer menu helps the southern chain focus on menu staples like its chicken sandwich and keep service fast. So they are now the nation's third largest restaurant chain by sales. Interesting, right? An average Chick-fil-A restaurant that's not in a mall pulls in $5.7 million a year. Unbelievable. Chick-fil-A is also rolling out frosted caramel coffee for a limited time. The quick service restaurants, the fast food, they're doing everything they can to come up with like a frosted caramel coffee. Anything that will drive a weird taste into their restaurant more than once. They got to they got to keep it kind of all that in a bucket of chicken, so to speak. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, seven to nine on AM twelve twenty KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. We were supposed to have Christine Benz on this morning, but we're having technical difficulties. She'll be at the money show this week. Hopefully we can get her on later this week, but I don't know. Can't figure out if it's her phone or if it's our our equipment, but it is a problem to say the least. Um, She's one of those financial experts that I think does a really, really nice job of educating people, of getting people involved in the markets, of getting people involved in their 401k. Um, I think that kind of work is some of the most noble work in the industry. I know it sounds kind of weird to say because it's a well-paying job, and I'm calling it noble, but I think it's kind of cool because I don't think most people are going to like retirement unless someone gets you excited to do something about it. Um, And that's sadly kind of where I'm standing at with this. Take someone to excite you, get you kind of motivated. When I listen to CFP Chad Burton, I'm intimidated by what I don't know. When I listen to myself, I'm like, whoa, we got to start saving money. We should have started a couple years ago. Why didn't we start a couple years ago? And I'm mad at myself kind of thing. Um, I think there's kind of an intimidation as far as the, the data that's out there that a lot of people just are don't really want to get to know it. Chad knows it. You hear him, he knows it. And you're like, whoa. So he and I are going to be doing a big event at the Money Show in San Francisco this Friday. You can learn more about the event by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Car prices are approaching $40,000 for a new car. I don't know what they were when I was young. I could easily look it up, but I guess what I wanted to kind of say out loud, if I could, is that it seems like the average car was 18000 you know, but again, I'm going on what I was watching on TV, not necessarily what I was following in the, you know, the Kelly Blue Books and such. So you go 20, 25 years ago and you're 18,000 to where they are now, 40,000. You're like, whoa. So now there's some leanings that new cars should stop seeing a sticker price 
rising. Again, these are just leanings. These aren't set in stone. I don't know what your preferences are for faux leather or nice leather or big audio system or small audio system. I can tell you, you'll instantly regret getting a DVD player put in the car because DVDs are like dodo birds, right? So there's a confluence of issues happening that could make the rise in car prices slow. Doesn't mean they'll be cheap. And it doesn't mean that the advice of buying a slightly used vehicle makes less sense because slightly used vehicles got a lot of depreciation rolled into it, and that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Automakers have been offering deal packages now, and they're rising. Up 27% year over year, and up 9.7% from a month earlier. Okay. So the packaging. The average sticker price of a new vehicle reached $39,500 in the first part of 2019. Americans paid an average of about $37, $37,030 versus $39,500. That's when all the discounts are factored in. Don't you hate buying a car? I do. Man, I hate the whole process. The average sticker price of a new vehicle hitting $39,500. It's kind of got that 40000 threshold right there, huh? GM boosted incentive seven hundred forty bucks per vehicle in July. That's heavily discounted, and they're competing with uh, some of the names that they're cutting at GM. Cutting um, striking deals is a better way of saying that. The Buick Enclave and the Chevy Traverse. You want to hear sad? I don't know cars. I'm like that's a red one. Ah, that's a nice brown one. I like the color brown this summer. So Ford only increased incentives by $330, which kind of says, who's who's better prepared, GM or Ford? A lot of people in the industry think uh, the deals are extreme. So moving to another reason why car prices might not be going higher in the short term is dealers are under pressure to get rid of you know, that 2019 before it's 2020. And it's da 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 It's August! What is August? We're late in the year now. Dealers are supposed to be transitioning to next year's models, but this year they're behind. They're trying to offload vehicles at a quicker pace. They're struggling. In July, 90% of vehicles on dealer lots were from 2019. That's the highest percentage in the last 10 years. They're just not moving very much. So there's going to be more deals coming. Because who wants a 2019 and 2020? Only 7% of the vehicles on lots right now in the month of July were for 2020. That's the lowest level in 10 years as well. Another reason that prices may not be going up is We've kind of become a nation of a couple of trucks. There's the Ford F-150. There's, you could probably name them, right? The Toyota Tacoma, the Toyota Tundra. The Silverado. You could probably name them. The Colorado. Silverado. Just name a Colorado Western. Anyway, competition for SUVs and trucks are heating up. 
SUVs are largely responsible for the auto industry's overall price increases. That thirty nine thousand 71% of vehicle sales were SUVs in the second quarter. Cross-ups or crossovers or pickups. So nearly three out of every four is not a sedan, right? Competition's intensified. Discounts are popping up. More cars are sitting in the lot. Discounts are coming, right? The, it's all adding up. It's a confluence of events to equal uh, car prices may not have the pop that we want them to. It's a big industry in the United States. You get the dealer, you get the dealer services, you get the um, finance manager or the salesperson, you get a couple secretaries in there. As I used to refer to them, but you no longer can in the hashtag MeToo movement. Sexy Terry's. Can't say it anymore. Can't say it anymore. Whether it's a male or a female, can't say it. I'm going to do a whole show on things you can't say anymore. Something tells me it's going to be at least a week-long look back. So big discounts at Nissan, because they're not Toyota, and they're not Ford. They're discounting the Rogue, 4000 bucks. The Murano, $7,000. They're kind of in a rock and a hard place when you throw a year on something, right? It's like the milk industry. At the moment they say this expires on July 7th, or let's say August 12th, you look at your milk carton and you go, holy mackerel, what's going on with this? So that milk carton creates a situation um, where you have to throw it away or it loses value, right? Every day that stays on the shelf ever been to like a Safeway and got the meat that expires that day? It's, it's a substantial price off. You wonder what it's going to be the next day. So on top of these three things that are lowering competition and increasing sales, increasing discounts, not increasing sales, but trying to increase sales, SUV competition's heating up. Dealers are under pressure to move last year's model or this year's model before it's next year. You got discounts are starting to rise because they're all trying to get your dollar before your dollar goes away. And finally, sales are falling. The peak U.S. new vehicle sales, probably somewhere near 17 million. And this year, we're at 16.7 million for 2019 is what we're looking at. That's a healthy number, but it's down 500,000 from 2018. Automakers are increasingly focusing on less profitable sales to so-called fleet customers like rental car companies. But there's a, a pretty endemic problem in the world of automobiles, and they're a pretty big industry in the United States. Not as big as in the 60s and 70s, but still pretty big. Nike's doing something kind of interesting. Nike's the stock I own. They're launching a subscription service for kids called Nike Adventure Club. I don't know how I feel instantly, but Nike hints that there could be other services coming. And some people like sneakers like they like cars. They like the new car feel. They like the new sneaker feel. I'm not that guy. But allow parents to order shoes for their kids ages 2 to 10, either on a quarterly, bi-monthly, or monthly basis, paying monthly fees of 20 bucks, 30 bucks, or 50 bucks. 
and it allows you to shave off $10 per pair of Nike shoes purchased with the average kid sneakers retailing about 60 bucks. Huh. That whole subscription thing, is it going too far? We get it for Netflix, we get it for Amazon, but do we need it for shoes? Kids burn through shoes. They rough up their shoes on the playground. They like new shoes. Hmm. You know, kids at age three can go through two or three pair a, day, a week, a, a week, a year. That's that kid's growing if it's weekly. It's the Easy Kicks Club, huh? What do you think? I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. It's interesting. For years and years and years, we all wanted to own Netflix because it could do no wrong. And now it's kind of got the leprosy. Like, don't go there. You are my fault off. And the person who looks best positioned to take it as a pure play is Roku. It's no longer a content play as much as it is the Wall Street always has an issue with this. Is it the roads or is it the content? Is it the toll to the car or is it the roads that be, are being built? Content versus is content king or the owners of the pipe king Netflix has the most to lose right now because US is going to add more streaming services in the United States CBS is ramping theirs up NBC Universal Netflix is ramping still HBO has got a, a big play coming Disney has one this year. So that's five companies I just threw down, right? Then there's companies like Viacom who are kind of taking a wait and see by making their content available for ad competitors, companies that insert ads into their old content. Um, to think we know where the ecology is going to go, we don't. The streaming video company beat expectations on the top and bottom lines in the most recent quarter with revenues of $250 million in the quarter. Roku. They got 36% of the connected homes. They're the arms dealer, in theory. So again, I'm not telling you to go out and do this. I'm just saying it is what it is. I just do a show that talks about this stuff for you. Big event coming up this Friday. Income and retirement. Um, how much of an asset, how much of a pie do you need to give you pieces of pie until you die? How much of an asset do you need to give you a paycheck until you die? Right now, you probably have a boss that gives you a paycheck. Charles Schwab did a recent survey that said the average American thinks they need $1.7 million in their nest egg or in their pie. It's a nice pie you have. Why, thank you. That's a pretty good number if you average out age and median salary across the United States. But sadly, the most of Americans aren't going to get to that number. So 1.7 million, if you figure out 
that we do, $60,000 a year in income on average. And you start doing the average age. Let's say you're tired at 65. $60,000 will draw you down a million by 75. And it'll take care of the rest of it by the time you're 80. That doesn't sound horrific. That sounds about right. Keep in mind that Social Security is only going to cover a very small portion added on top of those round numbers that did not take into account inflation. And your health care costs are be greater than you expect. And your emergency situations are going to probably happen. I saw today it's going to get up to 108 degrees in the south. I'm like, whoa. That's an emergency situation when your air conditioning goes out and you're 75 years old. You die in 108 degrees. More than half people polled in the poll are contributing 10% of their salary to their 401k. And that's the only way you're going to make that $1.7 million. People on general put in about $8,700 in their 401k. It's not enough. You do $8,700. Can you live off like that per year? No. So let's say you're doing $60,000. That's going to take you six years Seven years of $8,700 contributions to get you your one year coming back. It's not enough of an acorn. You are going to work till you die. You got to start in your 20s. You got to do 10 to 15% of your salary each year. And that should get you there. But if you don't start until age 45, you have to do 35% of your salary, which is a goal very few people can ever do. Too many people expect to live comfortably in retirement. It ain't going to happen, people. Wake up. Fake news that you got a secure retirement. Fake news. I know you're saying, what accent is that? I don't know. So, Congress could pass some laws which would reform retirement. First major laws passed since 2006 including the ability that's going to push back the required minimum distribution age for retirement accounts up to 72 from 70 and a half, which basically means you can work longer before you tap your money. That's actually a good thing if you have the ability to work. The long-term part-time workers participate in 401ks will make it easier for small business to offer plans to employees. That's ridiculous that we don't have easy access to retirement accounts. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter at Rob Black Show, YouTube at Rob Black Show. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.